if we have to think about the kind of things that people consider important, the kind of things which people attach value to and would want to have, or want to work towards. So I would venture to suggest four. Number one, be mechanichon's children. That's a, one of our major tafkidim in life. As parents, is to bring up our children, both spiritually, physically, emotionally, in the best way possible. So that would be one area where I'd say people would, should, would do, put a lot of emphasis. The second is a person's level of roughness, a person's level of mitzvah observance, a person's level of connection to Hashem, a person's level of spirituality, of ruchnius. That's also should be a major factor in our lives. At the end of the day, that's what we're living for. If I had to suggest a third, I would say the value to Eretz Yisrael. Maybe today in Godus it's less apparent, but for sure at a time when Eretz Yisrael, where there was a Beis HaMikdash, when there were Karbanas, when there was a Sanhedrin, when there was Kedusha, and Tyra that there was at the time, then of course the ability to be in Eretz Yisrael was to be able to benefit from a heightened level of sanctity, of purity, which didn't exist anywhere else. And number four, something which perhaps should be on our minds as well, and that is our responsibility for the rest of Klal Yisrael. Our sense of Achrayis for what we're doing and how it's going to have an effect on Klal Yisrael as a whole. So let's sum up. If you have to talk about Causes which are very worthwhile, causes which should become focal parts of a person's life. I'll say again, chinuch of one's children, one's own level of ruchnius, Eretz Yisrael and Klal Yisrael. And yet, there's a fifth factor which people attach a lot of importance to. But it's a factor which has the ability to outweigh all the other four. If this becomes something which a person gives value to or importance to, then it's going to come even at the expense of the chinuch of his children, his level of ruchnius, his connection to Klai Yisrael, his connection to Eretz Yisrael. And what's this factor which is so powerful? We learn in this week's Pasha, Pasha's Matis. The factor which outweighs everything else is money. Is the ability to become wealthy. Where do we see that? The Torah tells us the story of Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven. And Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven had vast flocks of sheep. And they saw the lands of Eber Yarden. And there was endless expanses of, of grazing land. I thought for somebody who's in the cattle business, for someone who's breeding herds of animals, so grazing land means money. This is the way for my flocks to develop. This is the, what I need as this 
habitat for them to multiply. Wow. And this is Avraham Let's grab it. This is the ideal situation for the business to flourish. But at what cost? What was the cost of Avraham Well, the first one, which was obvious, is if you're going to take your land and settle Avraham you're not going to cross into Eretz Yisrael. You're not going to get the benefits of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, which is the land which Hashem blessed. Eretz Yisrael, where it says Hashem's eyes are from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Eretz Yisrael with a high level of Kedusha. Where you're in closer proximity to the Mishkan, to the base of Mikdash one day. And none of those things are valuable enough, so to speak, to balance the glitter of grass, of pasture for the animals. That's just the first one. What about a person's own level of growth? I read there's only Navu in Eretz Yisrael. A person wants to miscarry to Hashem. A person wants to reach the level of a Novi. That wasn't Shaykh and Averayadeh. And a person who wants to be close to the Gedali of the Hadar, to the Sanhedrin. They weren't in Evrayadeh. But once again, even the value of being in the epicenter of Torah, a place where it will be conducive to a person's own spiritual development, that doesn't outweigh grass. Place for the animals to pasture. And let's go to the next step. They come to Moshe. And Moshe says to them, in one of the strongest rebukes of the Torah, Your brothers are going to go and fight and you're going to remain here? And the Muslim wasn't just, aren't you going to fight with your brothers? The first point of the Musa was, did you even think about the effect your actions are going to have on Klai Yisrael? Did you realize that if you decide we're staying in Ebra Yarden, then maybe other people in Klai Yisrael are going to get too scared to go fight? That what you do is going to have an effect on them? Or that wasn't even a factor? It didn't even enter your mind? You were so set on, I can make money in Ebra Yarden. This is what's good for my finances. It didn't even occur to me to think about Klai Yisrael. That's the third factor. Money can distort a person's value system. They don't think about anybody else. What I do is going to affect someone else. I'm going to have a ripple effect on the Klai Yisrael. It didn't even feature. And lastly... What did they offer? They came to Moshe and they said to him, We'll go and fight. Not only that, we'll go ahead of the other soldiers. Chalutzim. We'll be the elite. We'll be the ones in the front line. But, let us build pens for our cattle and cities for our children here, and we'll go by ourselves to fight. 
And Moshe says to them, Rabbi Sai, your priorities are all wrong. Not just that he corrected the order that they said it. First build the cities for your children. Afterwards worry about the, the pens for your sheep. That was just a slip of the tongue. But it reveals a much greater problem. It wasn't just a question of whose habitat are they going to build first. They're going to build houses first or stables. It's indicative of a mindset. That the, the first thing you thought about is what's good for our sheep. Afterwards, what's good for our children? And it's not so much a question of which one they built first. There's something else over here. Think about it. Bnei God and Bnei Ruben left their children for 14 years. For 14 years, they went across the Jordan. They fought. They were with Klai Yisrael to keep their commitments so that, that they could get, get the Nadnei Yarden. Which means for 14 years, they didn't see their children. What kind of chinuch is that? Whereas the rest of Klai Yisrael, when they moved to Eretz Yisrael and they encamped from one city after the next, their families were with them. They had the ability to learn, to be with their children, to mechanech them, to guide them, to bring them up throughout. And they got them, they were willing to leave their children alone for 14 years so that they should be given the land of Eva Yarden for their sheep. It's a tremendous thing to think about. And that's why Moshe spares no words. He calls them a Tarbus Anoshim Chatoim. You are a culture of sinners. It wasn't just the mistake that they made about thinking that it might have an effect that makes Klai Israel scared to fight. The whole mindset is wrong. The whole culture is wrong. The whole drive to what's what, with the way you're looking at things is what's best for our money and how much we're willing to sacrifice for that. That's the Tarbus Anashim Chatoim. That's the mistake. That's the problem. And we see that Bnei God and Bnei Ruben paid a bitter price for that. Years later, when Klai Yisrael started to slide, when Klai Yisrael started to fall into the depths of Avodah the first Shvatim who went into exile, the first ones who got lost were Bnei God and Bnei Ruben. Yes, they were detached from the rest of Klai Yisrael. They didn't have that connection to Klai Yisrael as a whole. They didn't have that same level of Kedusha. They didn't have the male of being in Yisrael. Maybe we can even say they didn't have the same Chinuch. And therefore they were the first ones to slide into Avodah Zarah. The first ones to be exiled. There's more to say about them. But let's first learn a lesson for ourselves. And we see the nature of a person. That everything that they consider valuable. Kedusha. Kral Yisrael. Chinuch of their children. Can all get sacrificed for more, an opportunity to make more money. We see this by Abnei God But the practical applications we can learn in our own lives as well.
That's yes, meant to be a chinuch she not a musa she But let's get some examples. And that is when a person's looking which place to settle in, or if to move. So is the primary factor what's the best for my family, what's the best for my ruchnius, where am I going to grow the most, or where do I have the big best job offer? And if it's in a place which isn't necessarily a center of Torah life, it's somewhere more way out the way, where the families are not on the same level of, I would want my children to mix with, where the options of Ruchnis aren't as good. So how much is that going to be a ma'akif? Or do people take the attitude, well, the ma'asif, I'll make a much better pronosis, so we'll make two. We'll make a plan. There still is a shul nearby. There still are Jews in the, in the area. We'll, we'll find we'll make a, find a way to make it work. And even if they can, but it's presenting the wrong value system. It's that the priority is where can a person make money? And what's in second place is now how to bediavid make it work that it's, uh, it doesn't interfere too much with the, the life or the chinuch a person wants to have. And it's not just in big decisions, it's in small decisions. It's if in the one free hour that a person has an opportunity to devote to learning, to devote to Klai Yisrael, to devote to his children, or to work overtime. Here also, it's the same question again, just on a different level. And it's not just a, it's not just a time question. It's a question of focus. How much of a person's wakeful time, when he's thinking about, what he's choosing to think about, how much is what the topic he's thinking about, how can I improve my Vedas Hashem? Or is a topic which is forefront on his mind, how can I help my children grow? Or is the first thing on his mind, what can I do for Klai Yisrael? Or is the first thing they're thinking about, how they can get more clients, or where they can expand? And if it's what a person's thinking about, it also becomes the thing that a person's interested in talking about. If a person loves terrorists, so then it's more terrorists. If a person's interested in Klai Yisrael, so that's his sikhasi, that's his speech, that's his fav- favorite topic to, so to speak, to discuss. If it's his children's chinuch, then that will be the major topic. Where a person's thoughts lie is really what he talks about. What a person's interested in is what he prioritizes. And therefore, the mistake of Negod of Nehruven was what was uppermost in their minds was what's the best way to increase our flocks of sheep? And uh, the problems, Klai Yisrael will be a problem. How's it going to affect them? We'll find a solution. We'll go into the war in front of them. And that brings its own problems. That means you're going to leave your families for 14 years? Yeah, that's the price they're going to have to pay.
that's a very steep price to play. To lose the opportunity to bring up your children for 14 years. That's most of their childhood. That's most of their adolescence. And for what? What are you going to gain from this? You're going to gain land for your sheep. But the Amos Israelites say, we're not even finished yet. If we look more closely, I have an even bigger complaint of Nagadam Nagadam. Something even stronger than that to learn. Let's think about it. Was there no grazing land in Eretz Israel? Was Eretz Israel this poor country, this desert, inhospitable terrain where the Shvatim who did go there were all suffering from poverty? What are you talking about? Eretz Israel was the Eretz Zavas Chalavud Vash. Eretz Israel was a land of plenty. Eretz Israel was a place where the fruit grew to enormous sizes. Klai Yisrael and Eretz Israel were extremely successful, extremely wealthy. Until the time of the Vedazara came a few hundred years later and destroyed it. But Eretz Israel was the land of bracha. It was the land of plenty. They wouldn't have been wealthy in Eretz Israel. Their sheep would have gone hungry had they been in the hills of Hebron rather than the hills of Everayarden. They got them there, Ruben. There's another complaint against them also. Not just that they prioritized money, wealth, but there was another point as well. And that is, what's the rush? You see Everayarden and the grass glitters, farmland, pasture. We need pasture. We have flocks. Very nice. Have you seen Eretz Yisrael? Do you know what Eretz Yisrael has to offer you? Hashem has promised you time and again that it's a, it's a land of bracha. It's a land of plenty. It's a land of where you'll be successful. You'll be wealthy too. Why don't you at least wait to see Eretz Yisrael before you ask Everyarden? Why don't you at least wait to see the other option? Nobody in Eretz Yisrael went hungry. The Shvatim were wealthy there also. That was the place of bracha. And now here comes the question. And therefore, they got him, they ruvain. Did you really gain so much more wealth by remaining in Avera Yarden than you would have done had you come into Eretz Yisrael? And the answer is no. Who guaranteed you that you're going to be more successful financially in every yard than in Eretz Israel? The Shvatim were all wealthy. The Shvatim were all successful. Eretz Israel was the land of bracha. So what's the complaint? Chazal says, Nachalot Muvahelis. Muvahelis. They were the rash. They saw an opportunity to make money and they ran straight ahead. We can utilize the fields of Avariyadin. We can build flocks here. We can make huge ranches. Just the opportunity to make money presents itself and they're already fully committed. They're prepared to give 14 years of their chinuch of their children up for it. They're prepared to give up the opportunity to be an Israel for it. And you haven't even seen the second option. You haven't even given yourself a chance to see where Israel has to offer. 
Maybe you'll be even more successful there. And won't come at the cost of anything else. And that's the problem. The problem with money isn't just that it's a wrong priority. The problem with money isn't just that it becomes a priority which outweighs every other good priority that a person should have. The problem is that once a person gets set on an idea, he doesn't even wait to see what the other option might be. And why this is important is because it's the point of Imunah. And that is, nobody makes more money than Hashem intended them to make. It's Nizan Rosh Hashanah, Merosh, what a person is going to get and how much a person is going to get. And the fact that a person dives head first to try and make money into the first opportunity which presents itself doesn't mean he's going to get more. That's already Nizar. But the person who's so caught up with money, just the opportunity which beckons, the grass which glitters, already sends them running. They'll never see there were other ways to make money too. Ways where they didn't have to compromise their values. Ways they didn't have to give up on Eretz Israel. Ways they didn't have to make their children the korbanas for the opportunity to have more sheep. And at the end of the day, they wouldn't have made anything less. And that's a lesson from the God of Nehruvi. Nachalam of Ahalis. A person who's too quick, a person who's so into money that they just, the first, so to speak, opportunity which comes, they're clutching at the straws. They're prepared to follow till the end of the world because possibly they could make money. At what expense? At what cost? What are you giving up for that? And if a person has a balanced hashkafa, then they're going to think it's not worth the price. It's not worth the price. It's not worth giving up on Ruchnius. It's not worth giving up on my children. It's not worth giving up on what I can do for Klai Yisrael. Just to make money. And the truth? You're not giving up anything. Because the money Hashem wanted a person to make, they'll make anyway. It doesn't have to come in a way which sacrifices everything which is important. It doesn't have to come in a way which a person has to give up so much else for it. It can come in a way which a person can still benefit from whatever he's meant to, from all the ruchnis that he's meant to have. They could become rich in every yarden. They could become rich in Eretz Yisrael too. But the point is, Mubohelis. Had they got up their river and just waited, they would have got, they could have seen the Eretz Yisrael had just as much to offer. Maybe even more. And it would have come at no cost at all. And that's the Yisrael. When Hashem is crazy for a person to get, they can get better. When Hashem said, it was decided that a person is able to make as far financially, could come in a way which doesn't compromise anything. There's no definite theory. It doesn't have to be that in order to make money, a person has to give up on everything which is important in life. The problem is that people want to. People are so keen, so eager to try and make money. They're biting at the bit that they're prepared to drop everything in the race to get more. If we would just be without the Mavahelis, without that rush, people think, 
I'll get what Hashem wants me to get. I don't have to compromise what's important for it. They'll still get exactly what Hashem was going to do for them. But without giving up everything else in the mad scramble. And that's the lesson which is important. They got the got what they wanted. They got the Avariyadin. They got the pasture lands. And they lost. They lost 14 years of being Mechanech, their children. They lost their connection to Kedusha. They lost being part of Klai Yisrael. They were all together on the other side of the Yardin. And as a result of that, they lost it all. They were the first to go into Golis. The lesson we can learn, and the lesson we have to implement, is not to be a Tarbus Hanashim Chatoim. Not to be a society, a culture of sinners. A society which worships the wrong values and is prepared to sacrifice everything of important for that. Because that's what we just lose. We lose the Ruchnius, we lose the Torah, we lose our children. And we don't even gain the money. Because we're not going to get more than Hashem decided for us to get. We're just choosing the option of being of receiving what Hashem wanted us to get, but in a way which we're losing so much else. If, like the other Shvatim, we wouldn't be so quick, so to speak, to give up everything else, we'd still make what Hashem wants us to make. We'd still get the grass and the pasture for our flocks. We'd still get the Nachla Hashem done for us. But, without any cost to our children, to our Ruchnius of the Gnai Israel.